0: With over two decades of experience working with tech coaches and edtech companies from all around the world, Jeff Bradbury. Hello,
1: everybody, and welcome to the TeacherCast Educational Network. My name is Jeff Bradbury. Thank you so much for joining us today and making TeacherCast your home for professional development. This is Ask the Tech Coach podcast, episode number one hundred and thirty-three. Today, we are talking about co-teaching. That's right the art of working with a teacher in the classroom to help out students help learn different things and while you're doing that teaching the teacher at the same time we have two amazing guests with us but before we get into our topic i want to bring on our co-host sue sue vincent how are you today welcome back to the show
2: i am great it's good to be here and as you listeners out there are hearing this i will be celebrating that spring break has commenced
1: Ah. Oh. Oh. We had our spring break recently. It's been a last couple of weeks of uh, good stuff. It's been in the 70s here. And, you know, Sue, we just got done doing a lot of amazing professional development. We did some yes. tech coach sessions at Q. We did some tech coach sessions at NCCE. Uh, we had our, our I, I was able to give a keynote address at, uh, at me tech conference. It has been Which was amazing. awesome, by the way. Oh, thank you! It was so much fun. I had such a good time doing it and uh, getting a chance to, to to get out there and do some presenting. Looking forward to uh, I think uh, FETC um, yes. applications are now open, and of course we're all looking forward to ISTE and all the great summer conferences. What's new down in your way? I'm sure you're you're celebrating the fact that we can now stand three feet apart. Is are things are things getting better in in Kentucky for you?
2: We're getting better in Kentucky. Um, actually, Indiana, just uh, about uh, just across the river from me right now, uh, they're getting ready to lift their mask mandate. And we can stand a little closer together down here in the southern world. So we're celebrating that. And educators having been vaccinated, so things are going well. Numbers are going down. And um, spring is coming. Spring is here. We're so excited.
1: Nice. And we want to welcome to our show two amazing guests returning to her second episode of Ask the Tech Coach, Ms. Sarah Kiefer. Sarah, how are you today? Welcome to the show.
3: I'm good. I uh, have to say, tiny but jealous. Susan, we have one more day. One more day. And then we are also on spring break. So waiting for it.
1: Sarah, for those who are familiar with your work and for those who are not, tell us a little bit about yourself, Sarah.
3: Um, my name is Sarah Kiefer and I am a tech integration specialist for the Ross local schools and classically trained classroom teacher for 14 years. I was in the classroom and then I shifted into this role eventually going full time. And I currently support two elementary schools. So pre-K to four, and that's where um, Laura's and my story starts is and and I love all things Google. I love all things technology, but I also understand that um, as one teacher said to me very early on in my tech integration was that risks are much easier to take when you have someone by your side. So um, I learned very quickly uh, co-teaching and being that support person, being that cheerleader person really can make big, big differences in in a lot of people's lives um and that kind of is really what inspired my blog that i try to write every week uh my blog is at www.techyoucando.com because i really do believe that technology is something that we can all do and i i just i love sharing i love working with teachers so
1: and you brought a friend with you tonight talk to us a little bit about who else is on our panel tonight and uh, feel free to introduce
3: i brought laura counts with me she is one of our fourth grade teachers although this is her first year at fourth grade i have worked with her for the past i think four years as a third grade teacher so i'd like to introduce laura counts take welcome it away
1: to, welcome to the show laura how are you welcome. tonight
4: hi thank you for having me
1: <laughs> thank you so much for being here talk to us a little bit about yourself and how are things in fourth grade
4: Um, I, this is my ninth year of teaching and previously I would spent all my time in third grade. Um, so when my principal called me last year and said, you're switching to fourth grade, I was a little hesitant, but I got to loop with my kids. So having the same kids for two years, especially with everything we went through last year was, has just been the biggest blessing.
1: And what is the difference between a third grader and a fourth grader? I'm curious, especially as we go back and forth between all the different grades.
4: Um, A little bit of attitude. (laughs) They're a little bit more sassy in fourth grade. No. Um, For me, I've just seen them grow so much as readers. Um, In third grade, we're still, you know, learning how to learn from reading. And in fourth grade, they're mastering that, they're applying it, um, and they just, they eat up so much more because they've kind of got that figured out.
1: Thank you guys for being here. Looking forward to hearing more. And, of course, today we're talking all about co-teaching. And if this is something that interests you, if you have any questions about co-teaching, you can, of course, check us out on, on the website over at AskTheTechCoach.com. Reach out to us on Twitter at AskTheTechCoach. And, of course, you can always check us out over at the Tech Coaches Network. And you can fill out our free membership form today over at TeacherCast.net slash TCN form for Tech Coach Network teachercast.net slash tcn form and Sarah I want to start with you here you know I was thinking about this topic and co-teaching and today you know I was in one of my buildings and I had a teacher say come and help me do this and you know it was one of those opportunities to sit and work with a teacher we plan things out ahead of time but talk to us a little bit about your philosophy on coaching your philosophy on co-teaching how do you work with with teachers How do you not get that, you know, you're teaching, they're teaching, you plural are teaching. Talk to us a little bit about what co-teaching means for you as a coach.
3: Co-teaching for me is truly, it's a a shared burden, but like I share a different part of the burden than what the classroom teacher does. And what I try to do is obviously the the pre-work is important so that I know, like have an idea of what we're going to do what the the end goal for the project is, and I worry about making sure, you know, the the pieces come together, but I'm not the one sitting there that's looking at the standards and making sure that I hit this one in the ELA and this one in the math. You know, it's it's how can I help you reach that, but the, the teacher truly is like the curriculum expert, and I was in the classroom, too, and I remember that but all of my years were at fifth through eighth grade. So to come down into the elementaries, you know, I I remind the teachers like, Hey, I'll help you with whatever. And I know say like fourth grade reading, like I can, I passed it, but I don't know like your standards. Like, I don't know exactly what you need to hit. So we just like piggyback off of each other. And if the kids, and this is my favorite line that I like to use is if the kids say, well, what about such and such? And I'm like, Well, that's really a Mrs. Counts kind of question, (laughs) you know, and and I I lob it back to them so the kids understand. But like if they're like, do I have to capitalize? I'm always like, well, what's the you know, like I know those basic pieces. But when you get into that, like I, I try to share that, like I don't ever want the classroom teacher to think that I'm just swooping in and doing this you know, tech magic, because that's not what it's about. It's it's about what are the kids learning? What are, is the teacher expecting them to learn? It's not about the fancy tools.
1: Now, Laura, we talk a lot here from the tech coach point of view. So you're on the hot seat now. What is it like to be a third grade teacher with a coach? And you've done this for eight years and now you're in fourth grade. You are kind of doing new things. Mm-hmm. What is it like from your chair to work with a coach, have somebody come in, have somebody support you? What does the coaching cycle look like from your point of view?
4: Um, I think the biggest thing that I look for and that I found in Sarah is trust. Um, A lot of times when, as a classroom teacher, I did not view tech as part of learning but an extra and sarah taught me differently and she made me think about teaching and learning in a different way Um, but it takes a lot of trust to do that um, because it's not easy and it's not what i've always done so just hearing her say okay well I, I see what you want to do, but I think we could do this instead. And just having that trust that she's going to support me and I will I will see her support my students and I'll do my best to support them when she's not in my room um, as they continue to work. But just that trust piece is huge and communication.
2: Mm-hmm. So, so Laura or Sarah, either one of you can answer this. So you all while the two of you as coach and teacher how did that relationship come about were you encouraged by an administrator to start this relationship or did laura say hey sure sarah come on in or how did this happen because we talk a lot about this on the show of how to build those relationships and um, last week we talked about a coaching champion and have some having similar level supporting the coach and encouraging the teachers to move forward
4: Laura, you want to speak to that first? Um, so I think it was three years ago. Was it three years ago? Uh, three, four, something. three, or four years ago, I had an amazing group of students and had this cluster of four kids who loved the books written by Sandra Markle. And she writes the, what if you had animal ears or what if you had animal eyes? And we had read a book about birds. And they were, it was all about different bird feet. And they were like, what if we made our own book about what if you had bird feet? And they each picked a bird and we did all the studying and, you know, finding facts, writing those topic sentences, coming up with these paragraphs. And then they wanted to publish it. And I was like, I have no idea how to do that. (laughs) So I caught Sarah in the hallway and I was like, what do I do? Do we just do this on paper? Like I've never... I know that sounds silly, but I just had never had kids like they wanted to publish multiple copies. I was like, please help me. So,
2: you so, know, that's where a lot of um, teacher relationships happen in the middle of the hallway. Yeah.
3: <laughs> the middle of the hallway, the copier room. Um, it's, and I would take any opportunity. They said, hey, my projector's not working. You know, it's like I told somebody like, I feel like I'm sneaking into the rooms and then like I look around and I see what are their kids doing and what are their activities that they got up on the board. And I I use like all my senses, right? Like my eyes, my ears, I see what's happening and I I jump on that. And I don't ever force myself on people. But like in Laura's case with those kids, I was highly intimidated too. I've never published a book. You know and so started thinking and i just i came in and she let me talk to the kids they explained like they took me through their thought process and i knew that laura wanted to help them achieve their goal and ultimately i mean we still used google slides they created their book in google slides and then um as a surprise to them they didn't know this but we downloaded the pictures as jpegs and i uploaded them to shutterfly and we actually literally made little books for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and our media manager, I have to give her props. She asked if she could have a copy. She wanted to put it in our school library so the other kids could come in and check it out. So they actually do have a book in our school library. She came up with, she figured out, cause she's, you know, she's master librarian. She's wonderful, Diana. She um, put a little like tag on it too. So it, it's in our system and it's the only place that it shows in a library system and the kids were stoked. It was, it was an amazing little adventure. We had a book party. Yeah. They signed Mm -hmm. their books. It was great. Yeah,
2: What an awesome story of how, you know, a coaching relationship can just happen and materialize. So, Mm -hmm. you know, if you new coaches are out there listening and you're thinking, how am I going to get in with these teachers? Sometimes at the least expected moment, like Laura needs help and we need to publish something, especially something that the kids are excited about. Yeah. That's how you can get an in with that teacher and you learn right along with them. Yeah. So you all have kind of a interesting story here that has kind of led to some more co-teaching moments in the show notes. I believe, Sarah, you've shared some details. So why don't you share with our listeners some some of your co-teaching how that's worked for you and how that's developed.
3: Well, this part of this story actually heavily involves social media. Um, I saw something that Laura had retweeted, commented on from Lauren Tarshish. I, sorry if I say her name wrong, but she's the "I Survived" author, and she had posted a picture of s- children. And I put that in the show notes, if and I put the link to the tweet too. Um, showed kids sitting around a radio. And Laura, do you remember? She did tell the the the,
4: the about year. Was it the fifties? It was the forties, nineteen forties, or maybe it was the fifties. Um, but it all had to do with polio, and
3: she showed it to her students, and the students got highly intrigued because these these little children were sitting around a radio and they were doing school at home. Yeah, mm-hmm. and like it's it strikes a chord, right? Especially with where we were, you know, a, a more than a, you know, just a year ago. Mm-hmm and it's like oh my gosh like we've been there done done that not like us but and i never heard that i never had any clue that that had happened yeah
1: i like the fact that the little boy and and we're gonna put the pictures over here this is ask the tech coach episode 133 but it's a picture of of four kids and the little boy is next to the radio in home Mm -hmm. wearing a jacket and tie yeah that's kind of cool
2: and the dress and shoes it's and they're reading a geography book and listening to something on the radio so Um, i showed i showed
4: my kids this picture my students and i didn't tell them what it was about so we did a writing activity where they had to notice things and they had no idea what piece of furniture was behind the little boy. They didn't know that was a radio. So we had to have that conversation of like technology has changed. they kept saying, that's not a radio, it's so big. (laughs) But it was just a a neat aha moment.
1: I love that. (laughs) And I'm thinking about like today, I was working with a fourth grade teacher on Reader's Writers Workshop stuff. and, And it's exactly this same thing. Look at something, observe it. And then, as the coach, let's get together and see how we can evolve that so where where do things go from there? What does a typical session between the two of you guys look like? How long does it last? Do you do it during your preps what does a what does a typical interaction look like for you guys?
3: Um we do a lot of like catching up in the hallways. Um, I'm only at Laura's building half of the days of the week, so you know time is very precious, and this year, beyond any of them. Things are, you know, you catch the the five minutes here, the 10 minutes here. And luckily, like with Laura, it, it doesn't take a whole lot to really like work through. And it, it's not even a problem, but work through like the goal and where we're going with this. And what she came to me with was the kids were so intrigued by this. Like they were, weren't they starting to kind of like make the connections between them and
4: COVID then? Yes, they actually were like... They asked me if they could work in groups and share what they found about polio. And then before I knew it, they were comparing and contrasting. They were saying, well, we learned on Zoom, but they had to learn on the radio. That must have been so much harder. Um, We got to see each other. They could only hear their teacher. And then it spiraled into... When I had a question on Zoom, I could raise my hand and you could answer it. But if they missed directions on the radio, what would they have done? And it just was like the snowball effect of, well, what was going on in the world that they had to be indoors? Why did they have to learn on the radio? And they just took off with it. And then ultimately the question
3: became, what do the kids do with that?
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Like with this newfound knowledge. And and Laura came to me, she said, you know, I want to make this worthwhile. I want to make sure that the kids put it together, it's not just this learning activity and then, okay, you know, put it aside, we're done. And she said, you know, how, how can we do something with this? And we talked through, obviously, the teacher needs to be the lead on that. Like, what are you comfortable with? How many options would you wanna choose? Because I said, I think this is a perfect time where you let the kids that wanna write, write. You let the kids that wanna draw, draw. And if kids wanna do something else, you know, why don't you let them tell you what it is that interests? I mean, they're fourth graders. They've had enough experience with tools of, of various natures. And, um, she said, well, why, why not come in? How can you have that conversation too? And this is where it's like, okay, Laura, I can help you out. We, I can point out different tools. I can suggest different things. I can point out like pros and cons, you know, but she's driving the, ultimately the end goal is this, you know, like these are the requirements that have to happen or this is how long it has to be, or, you know, like she's got to provide that. So that's where, you know, we play that game of you're the content expert and I'm, you know, the technology expert, but to do the technology, I have to understand the content of it too. Mm -hmm. Um, so I came in and they had already, you know, thrown out some ideas on the board And we kind of work through grouping them together. Like if you want to write a story and, or you want to write a newspaper article. Okay. So there's a written aspect that you could do. And, um, a couple of her girls wanted to do a newscast, Mm -hmm. you know, and then you start going like, Ooh, that's a lot different. Mm -hmm. Right. So I think you gave them three options that they could pick from. Was that.
4: We did four, um, a website which they did phenomenal with, the news broadcast, which turned out amazing, the board game, which I was very skeptical of, and they rocked it. I was like, there's not much writing in this. Oh, I don't know, but they did phenomenal. Um, And then I did have historical fiction stories modeled after the I Survived series.
1: You know, Sue, it's it's fun sitting back listening to Sarah and Laura talk about this. They just mentioned Mm -hmm. four things, and- (sighs) I'm excited about the fact that they didn't once said, we did a Flipgrid or we did a Padlet. They said, oh, we made a website. So they're talking about the experiences that they're giving their students, Mm -hmm. not about the technology that they happen to use within the projects.
2: Exactly. They were all creating and producing something (laughs) and collaborating with each other. But Mm -hmm. yeah, not once did we mention what tool they used to do it.
1: Now, Sarah, here's the question that I know happens a lot with coaches. It's you obviously have a great relationship with Laura, Mm -hmm. and this co-teaching thing works. You guys have the – I'm sure you can walk into Laura's class anytime and either just be in the back of the room, do a quick walkthrough, take over Mm -hmm. her class. As you said, there's clearly a trust here. Yes. So the million-dollar question is – the. I'm just going to say the room next to Laura's, the room, two doors down, three doors down. How do you start to have these relationships with all or many or more teachers? How do you make this wonderful thing that you have start to be a universal uh, 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 part of your coaching day?
3: Um, honest and truly, I absolutely adore what I do. And I think that plays into it big time. Like I go to my job every day and I think, ooh, whose classroom do I get to go to? I wonder what kind of conversations I'm gonna have in the hallway. And those things all just end up spiraling, right? And I think we talked on the last um, time that I was on here. I mean, the one only other time I've been on here. Um, But I've always tried to make sure that the teachers knew that I was there to support them. And if that meant my mouse isn't working, I'll I'll be there, you know, or if I'm in another building, I've had teachers email me or text me and say, I can't do this or whatever. Tools for me, like Screencastify, and I can record a video and shoot it off to them, that builds that trust that Laura was talking about. Um, I try to always make sure that they feel like, you know, that those five minutes that I'm with them or that half hour, that is my time. That, you know, that is their time. And as far as like building that out with other people, it's just a constant presence. Um, When I first started at both of the buildings that I'm at now, I was given like no space. And I I don't say that to be mean or anything like that. Like there was just as no space. So I kind of just planted myself in the media center. And if you're in an elementary building, the media center is like, the heartbeat of the entire building, that in the office, right? So I'm in the media center and teachers would come in and they would do media with our media specialist. And the teachers, a lot of times would kind of hang back. Guess where Sarah kind of (laughs) was in that area where you were hanging back. And, you know, we would just have like different conversations and sometimes it had absolutely zero to do with school. And sometimes it did. And sometimes they'd be like, you know, I'm just really frustrated. Like, I really thought my kids could fill in the blank. And I'd be like, oh, well, have you thought about and they're like, oh, that's a good idea. It didn't always lead to me going into their classroom, but it led to that building of the relationships. And um, when you say it's fine that you said the room next to Laura because literally the room next to Laura is my brother-in-law. So when you talk about building relationships, I mean, that's like a built in, it's almost like I have to like put my hands up and be like, Jamie, take a deep breath here. You know, he's just a very fun loving guy um, for everybody. But it's it's just funny that you mentioned the room next door. Cause I'm like, oh, build that relationship. I'm related.
1: Well, let's let's flip that one. I'm going to put Laura back here on the hot seat. I mean, one of the things that we like to talk about is the fact that a tech coach often has to be sold, right? A teacher like yourself who's got a great relationship with Sarah, the coach, you know, do you go around to other teachers and just say, hey, look, Sarah was helping me with this. Do you? Do you talk about it in the lunchroom? Do you just – do you keep her to yourself? How, how do you help spread to others how great of a relationship and, oh, Sarah came in and did this? Like what does that look like from your point of view? Because I know as a coach, that's all we're looking for is we want somebody else to help put our name out there to you know, get us some business.
4: Um, I don't have to talk Sarah up because everyone knows she's amazing, but I always give little, little tidbits of my love for her. Um, we actually are opening a new school and we are switching fourth graders to Schoology and my team was very hesitant. And I said, no, no, no. wait, wait, wait. The Sarah Kiefer loves Schoology. She will take care of us we've got this don't worry and as soon as they heard like sarah's gonna be there she's gonna back us our whole like it just eased us so much um and even some of the fifth grade teachers that will be in that building feel the same way um sarah is very dedicated i mean i can text her at any moment and she will send me a video or um a new tool and i'm gonna forget the name of it what is it sarah that starts with an m Moat. Moat. How can you forget about Moat? She sent me. Um, uh,
3: uh-oh.
4: <laughs> I was working on student-led conference slide decks. And I was like, Sarah, I don't know. They want, they, they're dreaming big. Does this work? And she sent me. um, um, a video or a voice memo back with that app. And it was like, Oh my gosh, that was amazing. I heard her voice and I could hear her enthusiasm, even though she's not in my building today. So I just think she keeps it personal. Um, she lets us know that we're valued. She cares about what we're doing. Um, her smile, even under the mask (laughs) can be seen and excited. Her excitement is just, it speaks for itself, but I always put a plug in for her always
1: so what are you thinking right now we talk about this a lot I, I, we're just going to pretend that these people aren't in the room by the way what do you, like, we talk about this on the show constantly of, of having these great relationships with your teachers making sure you've got that trust i'm sure if we did a, a second version of this episode we can talk about how there's the principal is setting up things to make sure that sarah's successful so what's on your mind with all this stuff
2: Well, first of all, I'm just enjoying hearing about this activity with this picture and where it went with the newscast and the website. And then the other thing with the book publishing, that is just awesome stuff. And just hearing about a successful coaching relationship. And we've been doing the book study on the coaching matters. And last week we talked about coaching champions. And just as a classroom teacher, from what she just said about Sarah and Uh, bragging on her and singing her praises there. Laura is a coaching champion, and that's who we as coaches need, is those teachers who can champion the efforts of us coaches out there, you know, whether the administrators are supporting us or not. And I mean, thankfully, in most cases, we have supportive administrators, but I know some of you out there may not. But having teachers like Laura and building those relationships that's huge. And, you know, I'm encouraged right now, just sitting here listening to these two yeah. talk about the great things going on in their classrooms.
1: I, I'm sitting here saying, I, you know, I, in, in the building that I'm in, I'm, I'm making good relationships. I am running in there every single day, helping out today. I did a field trip with somebody. Yeah. We do, did readers and writers workshop. I've got some science things going. I'm doing Winnie the Pooh and Annie as the musical with these other wonderful teachers. And I'm going, I hope everybody in their buildings, has somebody like Laura that they can work with and they can go in. And, you know, because let's be honest, coaches need to relax too during the day. And if I can walk into a room like Laura's and just kind of let it down, have some fun with the teacher, have some fun with the kids, that's when the job becomes really exciting.
2: That's the fun stuff. When I think we've said this before, one of my favorite parts is when I actually get to be in there with the students, with the teacher and just, participating in the class if i'm model teaching great if i'm co-teaching great or if i'm just part of the activity it's awesome so like you said jeff i'm working with middle school and you know after spring break we're going to continue working they're doing research papers on world war ii and their social studies class and we'll be making websites and i i can't wait to get in the trenches with them and down and dirty and creating that stuff
1: Now, Laura, as we're as we're winding down today, you've got all these tech coaches listening to millions of tech coaches listening to this. What advice do you have for tech coaches to either create these relationships? Don't be shy about these relationships, um, getting in there and feeling like you can talk to our talk to us as tech coaches here. What can we look forward to? What should we be thinking about? How can we help you?
4: um i think the biggest piece of advice i have is to listen um because sarah has listened to me many times say i'm overwhelmed i'm not sure where to go next um because tech isn't my um first priority just as content isn't a tech coach's first priority so listening and then um pushing your teachers giving them that confidence that they can try something new with their students and it might not go as well as they want, or it might exceed expectations. Um, When I have Sarah in my room, my expectations are always exceeded. My kids blow me out of the water um, because I feel supported and encouraged. And I feel like she hears what I hope for my students and she listens to what my students hope for themselves. Um, So those are my two big pieces of advice. Listen and encourage.
1: Do you have any recommendations if a tech coach wanted to get some good coffee?
4: (laughs) Good coffee. I love coffee. Highlander grog is my favorite blend.
1: (laughs) And if a tech coach wants to get some good post-its, what kind of post-its do you recommend?
4: Oh, um, I like lined post-its. Lined
1: post-its. Okay.
4: Lined (laughs) post-its.
1: Very good. Sarah, uh, same question to you here. Like, what advice do you have to coaches? Because it's not easy to walk in, Mm -hmm. even if you've been there for a while but really to kind of put your guard down and get to know somebody not on the teacher level, but on the human level. What advice do you have for coaches?
3: Uh, You really do have to, like Laura said, you have to listen, but I always partner that with, you have to actually hear what they're asking you. And a lot of times the words that are coming out of their mouth is not really what they think that they're asking, you know, like if they come to you and they say, I want to learn more about this tool, I would like guys, it, it's not about that tool. Like, I know that that's what you want to use, but we've got to come back to the content. We've got to come back to the curriculum. What is your learning goal? Um, so it's always reminding them too that I'm, I'm listening, but I'm also hearing what you're saying. And I think that that's an art that you need to slow down with. Like you can't just jump in and just assume that you know everything. Cause I don't. And I told, the, I think I told the kids today, Laura. Like, guys, there's still a lot that I don't know about Google Slides, and I'm a I'm a big Google fan, and I'm still learning. You know, and and just reminding people of that too—that we're all learning. Stuff is always changing. I learn too every day. I learn a lot.
1: And I so I got to ask you, you know, if you're a tech coach out there, one of the millions of tech coaches that we're listening. And they were looking for a great resource to figure out what tech they can do in the classroom. Where would you suggest they go to find out more information about, you know, just general tech that, you know, they, they might be
3: able to do? Um, well, Jeff, like I, I feel like there's a website that I might be familiar with um, called techyoucando.com where, oh, I, I share out, hopefully weekly. I'm not always that good, guys, but I share stuff out weekly. I also do have several different tabs on there. We talked about it on our last time, the templates for teachers, which is a real awesome little website that I created actually with another teacher at Laura's Building, Beth Kingsley. My
2: teachers love those, by the way, since we talked last time. That was
3: awesome. Oh, oh that's awesome. I'm like, I love creating them. Like I get giddy about creating them. I went to a couple kindergarten classrooms and I was like, you guys, I think I have more fun making these than your kids do doing them, <laughs> but whatever. And um, then sharing them out. And every so often we'll hear back from teachers, uh, but that templates for teachers, actually templates for is another place, but those are ready to go. They're, they're all Google based and they're all free. You can modify them. We do give some suggestions. Like if you have older students, here's ways that you could go further with it. Or if you have younger students than like the target audience, you, here's how you can kind of, I don't want to say lessen it, but make it more appropriate for the students that would be in front of you. Um, and I, I just love sharing because the more we put out there and we share with other people, the better we're all going to be.
1: So if there's three things I want you guys to take away from this episode, it is definitely check out the tech. You can templates for teachers.com and Sue lined post-its that's the way to go this year i think is lined was yeah, lined
2: i guess so and flare pans obviously
1: <laughs> absolutely uh laura where can we find you online uh, plug your socials
4: um i'm only active on twitter at mrs kids count
1: excellent and sarah in addition to those great resources what's your twitter what's everything else there
3: Uh, on Twitter, I'm at Kiefer SJ, which is my last name SJ. And then also Wakelet I'm at Kiefer SJ. And, uh, I mean like Google plus, but you have to kind of, I don't know exactly how you share that information out. Um, but also on my website, there is a, my presentations tool. I have a couple of presentations coming up. April 17th is the next one. It's the power up conference. It's actually, um, cohort of mine from my Google Innovator Academy, Wiley Brazier, who is hosting that. So I'll be speaking at that one. And then this summer I'm going to do round two with my Google Innovator coach, Dr. Desiree Alexander. Last year we did intro to Google apps and this year we're doing leveling up with Google apps. So all of that information can be found on my website, on my my presentations tab.
1: And, Sue, you've got some pretty good things. I, I want to ask, last, last week you released a pretty interesting video on your YouTube channel. Talk to us a little bit about some of the stuff you've been recording.
2: Yeah, so I've been uh, doing my Tech Tip Tuesdays. Um, last week, remind me which one you're talking about.
1: The one that you did, like, this week that we're recording.
2: Oh, the turning your Google screen. Your Chromebook screen right side up. So I was looking
1: at that going, what?
2: (laughs) Well, you know how students are. This used to happen to me years ago when we were still on Windows PCs in a computer lab. And all of a sudden, I'd walk in there and three or four screens would be upside down. Now it's happening with Chromebooks. We're one-to-one with Chromebooks, and here we come. So, yes, you can flip your Chromebook screen right side up after the kids have randomly pressed a set of keys. So you can always Google it, but I made a quick handy video and put it on my edtech group for my teachers. And now it's on my YouTube channel on my techimaginations.net. So go um, listen and watch that and find out how to um, flip your Chromebook screen. Laura,
1: would you ever have your kids pull a prank on Sarah and have random kids flip their Chromebook screens upside down and call her in from another building and go, oh my goodness. <laughs>
4: Um, no, April, I wouldn't.
1: April 1st is coming, by the way. But my,
4: but my teacher neighbor would 100%. <laughs> but you know what? I was actually in a
3: fourth grade classroom two doors down from Laura, and I was showing the kids because they're going to be switching buildings next year. And there was one kid sitting over there, and he just had his spinning. <laughs> it's, Susan, it's not random. Like they know the key they and figure they figure it out. Yes. And they think that it's hilarious. And a lot of times they're like, you know what? That's all good and fun. But when it doesn't keep moving, I'm not going to fix that. <laughs> <laughs> and these are brand new. So we layer that. Up. But Yeah.
0: If
1: you have any good Chromebook tips and tricks, we want you guys to let us know. Find us over at AskTheTechCoach.com. Email us over at TeacherCast.net. And, of course, you can check us out on Twitter at AskTheTechCoach. Don't forget, every single Wednesday night, we get together with tech coaches from around the world. And, guys, I really do mean around the world. Last week at our Tech Coach conference, we had somebody at 830 at night coming to us from Dublin, Ireland. It's almost one o'clock or one thirty in the morning for the gentleman, and it was great having him show up and talk a little bit about stuff. Could you imagine, Sue, staying up to one in the morning to attend the Tech Coach Roundtable? That's how awesome it is. I so know, we certainly recommend cool you awesome. guys go over to ask the techcoach.com and fill out our free membership form at teachercast.net slash TCN form. That's TCN for tech. Coach Network. So that wraps up this episode number 133. On behalf of Laura, Sarah, Susan, and everybody here in the Teacher Cast Educational Network, my name is Jeff Bradbury, reminding you guys to keep up the great work in your classrooms and continue sharing your
0: passions with your students.